invite you to turn with me to the book of Mark in chapter number 16. The book of Mark, chapter number 16. It's my heart. Um, Whenever you found your spot, you could stand more reverence reading of the Word of God. Verse number 16, in chapter number 16, verse number 14, the Bible says, of the book of Mark, the Bible says, Afterward he appeared unto the leaven, as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Thank you for standing. Lord, we love you. We need your help this morning. We ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, please help us. Lord, we pray, God, that everything that would be said and done would bring honor and glory to you and you alone. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for how you've uh, given us exactly what we stand in need of this morning. And I pray, God, we give, have open hearts, open minds, open lives. Lord, to the receiving of the, of the word of God this morning, please help. In Jesus' name, amen. I understand we are no stranger to biblical missions around here. We've went through it oftentimes. We've seen it oftentimes, but I have of late been broken by the fact that there are so many people around us that have never heard the gospel. In the last, four, in the last two weeks, I've been able to witness to four people who have never heard the gospel. I've been able to tell them the gospel, and some of them I'm still able to continually talk with them. And so I, I am so burdened about that fact, and, and, and I've been able to see that um, in the to talk to them about their salvation and, and be able to see the, that, that there's people right around us that don't know the gospel. Stenet Blue once said that missions is the very heartbeat of God. And I believe that it is because he wouldn't have commissioned that to the church if it would not have been because the church is obviously the wife of Christ or the bride of Christ. And, and I, I, I'm saddened by the fact that I didn't know sooner, but I'm glad about the fact that I know now about missions, and God is a mission-minded God, amen. Um, one missionary in the name, by the name of Robert Moffat said this while in South Africa in the early 1800s. He said, in the vast plain to the north, I have sometimes seen in the morning sun the smoke of a thousand villages where no missionary has ever been. And I'm sure that still to be the same today. There are so many, still many in this very day that have never heard the gospel all across this land. And the gospel the Lord gave to us, my friends, is a missions message. We have a mission-minded God, but we got a mission message to give out. Amen? And the gospel can save any man. In spite of all of what some may say, this very clearly tells us that. In our text this morning. And if I could say, if I could not save, if it could not save every sinner, there would be no reason to take it to every nation. Would you agree with that? If it could not save every sinner, then there would be no reason to take it to every nation. The Great Commission is a missions mandate. We got a mission minded God. We sure do. Give us a mission message, and it's a mandate to go do it. Amen. God himself put the church at the starting point for the worldwide missions. He did, and this church is not done with missions, amen. We must keep the burden strong. And so I've 
So I, I, I've said all of that to say this. Lost people matter to God. Do they matter to you? I pray this starts a series for us in the near future entitled Missions, the Beat of God's Heart. Missions, the Beat of God's Heart. The first message this morning, I pray it exhorts us and keeps our mind set on the reason God created the church. And we're going to call it the, we're going to call it the, the, the principle of biblical missions. The principle of of biblical missions. This will not be just a typical message for me, but more of a topical look this morning. But Lord willing, we'll end where we started. And I'm a firm believer that a strong mission-minded church will have a strong missions motive. We'll have some principles they follow along with. And these principles are what it takes to get some people saved. Amen? And so notice with me, if the sinners are reached, it will take, number one, a God that is compassionate. It's going to take a God that is compassionate. I want you to notice a, a, a verse that we know very clearly, and that's the book of John in chapter 3 and verse 16, where the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's a verse we quote. It's a verse we tell our children. But it's not a verse that we listen to a whole lot ourselves. Because if it were a verse that we listened to more, we would probably be in a different avenue in our life today. But we serve a God that is fully compassionate on sinners. Amen. It's ought to be good because it's all about you too. Amen. And so he, he, he loves them so much that he sent his only son to die for them. Could we describe the very love of God? Could we describe the very love of anything that he does? No, but I believe we could get a little outline view of it this morning. I want you to think about this. I want to picture the love of God. I want to picture the love of God. In all of the Bible, this verse, John 3, 16, gives us such a clear insight of the love of Christ, of the love of God. And I would say, first of all, in breaking that verse down, it says, For God so... Loved. I would, I would believe out of everything that it is, that it's an extraordinary love. Uh, wouldn't you think so? I mean, it, it's, it's absolutely extraordinary. No mortal man has ever loved me uh, like he has loved me. Uh, and in my time of sin, uh, he still loves me. And in my time of sorrow, uh, he loves me. In my time of struggle, God still loves me this morning. There'll never be, nor has there ever been a time where God did not love me. And I'm telling you, Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord hath appeared in old uh, um, unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, uh, and loving kindness have I drawn thee. Everything that dies, everyone that dies without Christ does so against the will of God. Uh, he wants everyone to be saved, right? Can you tell me a verse that tells us that he wants everybody to be saved? 2 Peter 3, 9, the Bible says, The Lord is not slack concerning the promises. Some men count slackness as long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. I don't fully understand the love of God. The Bible tells me I will not fully understand the love of God according to Ephesians 3, 19. But I, however, I do trust it and I am thankful for it. Amen. Thankful he loves me this morning. 
Amen. It's, it's an absolutely extraordinary. It's, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. For God so loved. And then secondly, I want you to think about it. It says, for God so loved the world. It's an intensive love. It's an extensive love. And you think about that. How, has it ever occurred to, you, occurred to you that nobody you have ever passed God didn't love? Has it ever occurred to you that nobody you've ever passed God did not love? If that is the case, then God sent, uh, God sent His Son to die for every man, every woman, boy, and girl. 1 Timothy 2, 4 states, Who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Who will? He will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. It, it's His will that all men be saved. So, so how do they get the news of this? Missionary. That's how they get the news of this. They get the news through missionaries. Beloved, I'm telling you, it's imperative that we get the news out now. It's imperative. We must send man. Uh, we must send money and we must send the message. Now is the time. His love uh, is extensive and it reaches to all people. You never pass somebody that the Lord doesn't love. For God so loved the world. It's extraordinary. It's extensive. For God so loved the world that He gave. It's an expressive love. It's an expressive love. Now we understand God the Father gave God the Son. And God the Son gave, God, gave His life. And God the Son also gave God the Holy Ghost to us. Amen. And God the Holy Ghost gave Himself. To all of us. I'm telling you, my point is, my point is, is that they did their part. We must do ours. We must do ours. And He expressed His love toward us. And thank God that He did express His love. Now it's our turn. And shame on churches, shame on churches that don't support missions. Shame on them. They'll never be in the will of God and they'll never be what God wants them to be. And they'll never even, they don't even qualify to be called a church. If they don't support missions. He said, preacher, that is mean. I don't care if it's mean. That's Bible. It's Bible. They're not even a church in my mind if they don't support missions. Amen. They're not in a church in God's mind if they don't support missions. Amen. You like it, lump it, I don't care. I'm telling you what the Bible says. They're not a church if they don't support missions. Amen. It's an expressive love. God expresses love. And if we're not expressing our love to sinners, then we're not doing what's right in God's eyes. And if any man goes to a church that don't support missions, they're not in the will of God either. Amen. Amen, friend. Somebody help me here. That does care. Amen. I'm telling you the truth. It's an expressive love. God expresses His love. He says, for God so loved the world that He gave. And then also, also, it says, His only begotten Son. It's an expensive love. It's an expensive love. How much did it cost? It cost Him everything. I know for one, I'm not measuring up. I'm not measuring up and, and giving what, uh, the same amount he gave. What a picture of the love of God. What a picture. It says uh, his only begotten son. It's, a, it's an extraordinary love. It's an expressive love. Uh, and 100% it is an extensive love. It reaches to every man, but also uh, it's an everyone love. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. It's for everyone. God loves every man. Thank God for the love of God this morning. And then also we can look at the end of that verse. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's an everlasting love. 
It's always going to be forever, my friend. And that word everlasting really is pretty explanatory. However, I looked it up last night. I looked it up, and this is what it means. It means without beginning, and it means without end. That which always has been and always will be. That's how God loves us. Bless the Lord. He always loves me and always will. Amen. I'm thankful for that. So we see a picture of the love of God. Then we see, we can, we can look through the Bible and find a presentation of the love of God. Well, the Bible says, But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God took each and every one of us just as we were and made a new creature out of us. Amen. All the way in the beginning, God promised a Savior uh, um, to put our sin away. Uh, he says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15, And I will put enmity between thee, speaking of the devil, between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Uh, A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite quotes, uh, A.W. Tozer said uh, that on the back of Satan's head, he has a nail-pierced pr- nail footprint. Uh, and that is is the truth this morning, hallelujah. I'm thankful. Uh, all the way back in Genesis, God gave us a presentation uh, of what will be some years later. Uh, an animal had to die to cover their sin. Uh, and we know in verse 21 of chapter 3 of the book of Genesis that God took a coat of skin uh, and covered them because um, their aprons weren't enough. Uh, um, the Lamb of God some 2,000 years later died and shed His blood to take away sins. Amen, friend. I've said it before, but I'm say, I, I, but, but, but my sins, my sins are not just cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Uh, that's Old Testament. Uh, my sins are not cast as far as the east is from the west. Uh, that's Old Testament. My sins are not just thrown behind the back of God. Uh, that's Old Testament. Uh, but my sins are gone. Man, if you can't be happy about that, you must not be saved in here this morning. Amen, I'm telling you something. They are gone. Completely gone. He provided the Savior He promised, and He did everything He said He would do, no more, no less. Amen. There's something going on in here this morning. Lord, help us. I'm telling you something. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, the Bible says, For I delivered unto you the first of all that which I also received, uh, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Then the Bible says in verse 4 and that He was buried and that He uh, rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's according to the Scriptures. He did what He said and He said what He did. Thank God for His presentation of love towards us. Amen. If sinners are to be reached, it's going to take a God that is compassionate. Secondly, if sinners are reached, it's going to take a gospel that is compelling. It's going to take a gospel that is compelling. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, I'm going to turn there now. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 1 and verse number, we will start in verse number 14. The Bible says there, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel. In this passage, Paul tells us that he's indebted to God to give the gospel of Jesus Christ to the 
Greeks, the barbarians, the wise, the unwise. He said, I'm indebted. I'm indebted. I cannot hold this back. You know, he, why, 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 why? He's, he's basically saying there, I have to tell them now. I have to tell them now. I, you know, why? Why is it that way? Because he heard it and he was compelled to tell it. You know, that's how all the Christians were in those days. They heard it and they were compelled to tell it. Beloved, I tell you, we must come and we must see and we must go and we must tell. Paul had to tell. He had to tell. Man, if Christians today would just feel the same way. If Christians today would just feel the same way that Paul felt. First uh, Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 16, the Bible says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, uh, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. That's what Paul said. Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And the gospel message is serious, it's strong, it's sweet, uh, and it's saving, friend. Uh, It has no feet, it has no hands, it has no mouth, it has no legs. Uh, We must be those. However, I'm thankful for the gospel. The gospel is compelling. And its message is evident. It is what it is and it ain't what it ain't, say the least. The gospel. It is what it is and it ain't what it ain't. There are no additives to the gospel message. If you study, you'll find that every major religion adds some kind of something to their gospel. Every major religion. If a church is preaching right, they will not add a thing to it. Nothing I could ever, I, I could have done would get me into heaven and out of hell. Nothing I could have ever done. Hinduism holds four doctrines of their salvation. Buddhism holds eight doctrines of their salvation. Islam holds two doctrines of their salvation. Catholicism holds five sacraments that you must do and you're saved. So, so we have those things. But you know what? You know what we hold to? Believe. That's it. Belief. Faith. That's all it takes because you've got to believe in Him because you can't see Him. And so, so Biblicists hold the one way of salvation uh, and that happens to be a man by the name of Jesus. That's the only way. He said in John 14, He said, uh, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, uh, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Uh, It's not a prayer. It's not a priest. uh, It's not a pope. uh, It's not your parents. It's not your pastor uh, um, that's going to get you saved. Uh, It's all Jesus. Uh, He is the only one that's sufficient. uh, And He alone is sufficient. Neither is there salvation in any other um, for there is none other name given among men under heaven whereby you must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. Uh, Paul stated in Acts chapter 13, uh, verse 38, Be it known unto you, uh, therefore men and brethren, that though this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, uh, and by him all that believe are justified, all things from which ye not, which could not be justified by the law of Moses. He's the only one that can save you. Amen, friend. The message other the messages others state are what they must do to be saved. Uh, the gospel tells us what He has done to get us saved. Uh, and there's nothing we need to add to it. It's evident and it's finished. 
Amen, friend. Uh, the message of the gospel is evident. The message of the gospel is effective. Uh, the Bible says uh, um, very clearly, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, or gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation. Um, to them that believe, uh, um, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith that is written that just shall live by faith. Amen. None of the messages works like the gospel works. The gospel is a very particular, it's a, it's a very particular, it's a very peculiar message. Many messages are in the Bible, but only one qualifies to be the gospel. Amen, friend. The facts are, of the gospel are very clear. Christ died for sins. He was buried and he rose in newness of life. Amen. That's the only way. Having completed by and in himself all of that was necessary for mankind to be saved. Three things. That's all. The gospel is certainly particular. It's, it's certainly peculiar here. The gospel not only is peculiar, I would say, but the gospel is powerful. The Bible says the power of God unto salvation. The gospel, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. It's powerful. The gospel is the only message that has the power to save men from the penalty of his sins. It has the power to change those who believe in him. And this gospel is the only hope for mankind. However, according to Romans chapter 10 that we read earlier, the power of the gospel has limited. Now you say, what do you mean it has limitations? Well, it cannot be, it cannot save unless it has first been believed in. It cannot be believed in unless it has first been heard. It cannot be heard unless it is first preached. And it cannot be preached unless they are first sent. That's God's way of doing things. Remember, the gospel isn't good enough until if it never gets there on time. Never gets there on time, it's never going to be good enough. But thank God for its power. Amen. The gospel is powerful. It's peculiar. The gospel, the gospel is, is personal. Now, I, I will it, it, this gospel will save an individual. Amen. It calls it calls a person to give his life to the cause of taking the person to, uh, to, to the message to all persons. It will call it will cause somebody. It will cause somebody to surrender their life to the call to missions. This gospel will. This gospel will. When the Bible speaks about the gospel, it used directly um, talks about the individual. It's, it's direct. Thank God that it was a personal message to me. So not only is this message evident and effective, but it's also explicit. Now there's none other so clear than this gospel. Yet, so, yet also none other so messed up by man. The, the Catholics and the Mormons and the Jehovah Witnesses, and all, their gospel was messed up at the beginning. But this one's never been messed up. It was never messed up at the beginning. But now it's messed up by men. And you've got to say this prayer and repeat after me and do this. That's a bunch of hogwashing never meant get a man into heaven. I'm telling you something. It, this gospel's a bloody gospel. The Bible's a bloody book. But without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sins. It's sufficient. And it's clear what is to be done. It's clear. Believe. Believe. That's it. Believe. It's that simple. Thank God for the gospel. So if we see 
sinners are going to, if sinners are going to be reached, it's absolutely, it's absolutely going to take a God that's compassionate. And it's, it's 100%. This is the principles of missions, biblical missions. So, so it's going to take a God that's compassionate. He does the saving. It's going to take a gospel that's compelling because it's the power of God because we must tell that gospel. But it's also going to take a group that's commissioned. It's going to take a group that's commissioned. So we see back in our text where we started. Mark chapter number 16, verse number 15. We have come around. The Bible says, Afterward he appeared unto the leaven. That's all I need to read. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. We made a complete turnaround to where we began. This group that is in the text is none other than a representative of the church. It is the disciples. So it means everybody who's a disciple of Jesus Christ. So it means if you're saved, you should be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're commissioned to go with the gospel for God. That's what we're to do. That's what we're to do. The plan is to go in our text. The person is ye in our text. The place is into all the world in our text. The presentation is to preach the gospel in our text. And the people is to every nation, every creature, excuse me, that's in our text. There are a few facts here that are displayed and I'll be done. I want you to notice, number one, every member is to be involved. Every member. Go ye. It's not to this one or this other. But if we claim to be the church, we are to be involved with missions. Amen. It's God's sovereign design. There's nothing, we, we, we can't turn it against me or anybody else. It's God's design. It's God's plan of this. And so, so missions are imperative. He says, go. Go. And you realize people are born and die whether, whether or not anyone has preached the gospel to them or not? I mean, we must go and we must tell them now. I mean, I could only plead so hard. If God would say go to me, I'd go right now. Keith Falconer was a Scottish missionary who was a missionary there in Cambridge. And he was a missionary in London. And he was a Scottish missionary. He was born in Edinburgh, Scotland. And I was able to go to Edinburgh, Scotland. He he did missionary work there in East London and and Cambridge. And and he lived to be 31 years old. That's it. They didn't live long then. I've come to the conclusion that they did not live. Robert Murray Machane was only like 33 years old. And, but this is what he said in the early 1800s. He said, I have but one candle of life to burn, and I would rather burn it in a land filled with darkness than a land that's flooded with light. America is flooded with light. Does it need the gospel? 100% we need the gospel. We need to go wherever God says to go. But don't go just because, you know, oh, I can do this and that. No, go where God says to go. I'm telling you the truth this morning is that that there's a lot of darkness in other lands. One other missionary, I can't remember who it is, but he said, said, if you go, go. He said, if you go, go to the worst tribes or something along those lines. Go where it's the darkest, basically, is what he's saying. And I, beloved, I'm telling you, it's imperative. It's imperative to go now. It's imperative. Every member is to be involved, and missions are imperative. Missions are inclusive. The Bible says, "Ye go, ye." Now, now, missions are not just about missionaries. God's call is for all. It's the truth. 
It's the truth that no one is exempt from the responsibility to evangelize the lost. And Christ's command means that you are either sent or you sin. No in between. But you cannot remain uninvolved and be obedient to Jesus Christ. You cannot. You cannot. You hear me? You cannot. There's no way. I thought about doing this new thing. I can't remember what it's called, but it was presented... I think only one church has done it so far and thought about doing it is instead of just a faith promise it's called something else that they called it um, something else what simply what it is is that I promise to give this many tracks in a week or I promise to give like, like you, you know I promise to give $800 a week to missions or I promise to give this much a week to, to I promise to give this much a week to give tracks out I'll give 10 tracks out a week it's not that hard. I fill my I fill my thing up. I fill my thing up every week, and uh, I want to fill it up and it be empty every week. Doesn't always happen. It's shame on me. It's not shame on anybody else, but shame on me. But what would it be if we commit ourselves not just to me, not just to church, but God? Say, God, I'll give this many a week. How much would it be? How much would it take? Every single member is to be a part. Also, every man is to be evangelized. Now, missions is not just for America. You know that. The realm of missions is to all the world. That's according to our text. Going to all the world. Missions, according to the Bible, covers the world. I mean, across the street, that's Jerusalem. Across the state, that's the, that's the, that's the Judea. Across the sea, that's the Samaria. The uttermost parts of the earth, that's, that's just everywhere else. I, I, the, the realm of missions is to all the world. The, the requirements of missions to every creature everywhere. It's just to every creature. We're just breaking down the Bible. People take these requirements lightheartedly today. But they are requirements for the church. Imagine if we all had a vision like Paul had a vision. In Acts chapter 16, Paul had a vision. And he said that he had a vision. There was a man in Macedonia that was standing there that was saying, come over and help us. Imagine if we had that vision. I mean, we must go. People are dying this very second. The realm of missions to all the world. The requirement of missions to every creature. And then the route of missions is obviously going to be in all, all the world. And we must, tell, we must tell Jesus now, man. There's no time to waste. I mean, I, I, there's no time to waste. There's really not. That's a good question. Can we stand on feet? What will you do with the call? God has made it very clear in His Scriptures. And it's the beat of God's heart. What does your sound like? The principle of biblical missions. These altars are open. Remember, there's a plan, go. There's a person, ye. There's an end to all the world, that's a place. And to preach the gospel, it's a presentation. And every creature, that's the people. Lord, help us to go. Lord, help us to go. Lord, we need your help this morning.
pray, God, you'd help each individual, Lord, to submit to the route that you'd have us go. Lord, I need your help, Lord, this morning. I pray, God, you'd lead me and my family and this church, Lord, every individual, Lord, to tell of the gospel story to every man. Lord, help us, God. Give us a burden. Lord, lead us. Lord, put places in our lives, places in our hearts. Lord, help us, God. Share the gospel with every creature. We love you. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name.